Thank you for listening to another episode of Tunnel Vision Podcast. Thanks for coming back. Episode 80. I'm Mario Doremus. I'm Eric Walker. Eric, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. Obviously, we did just miss the past week. Um, Eric, you, you had some. You had a nice little trip. Went to uh, to Florida. Yeah, man, went to Florida, and then we also ran into uh, Mother's Day right back to back. So sorry about that, um, listeners out there. Um, yeah, Florida was good though, man. Like, like towards the end of Florida though, like that's when my sinuses started to kick in. It rained like a couple days, like the last couple days. You know, spot rain, how they do, how it usually does down there. But, um, yeah, so it it did that. And um, I think I got a solution. I figured out now how you how how your sinuses and everything start triggering almost like cold-like symptoms, right? Right. So you kept going back. You went back and forth between different weathers. When Cincinnati, Cincinnati already has... Like really, really, really iffy uh, weather. Right, facts. And then, but you went to Florida where it's mostly hot. Yeah, and, and it was, but it was actually perfect. Like this was the first year we've been like six years straight um, around the same time, and this was the first year that it was like eighty two, eighty three. Like normally it's like ninety two to a hundred. Yeah, which but when you but going back and forth, going between there and Cincinnati. I feel like, especially because, you know, like the pollen levels have been uh, outrageous right. the past couple of weeks in Cincinnati. Not to mention, my damn Airbnb has some, man, so the Airbnb has some issues with a little bit of dust in it, man. Oh, man. Did you, I, leave, I, did you I, leave a review? Bro, I left a bad review. Like, then, I, you know, the bathroom has some mold in the ceiling a little bit, like, it was it was bad, bro. Man, that's no bueno. Yeah, had, had it not just been like us there, it was multiple people there. Like, I probably would have been like, "All right, I'm gonna check out and let's dip." Um, but I didn't want to really fool with it. I was just like, "Let me stick it out. I don't want to be the that guy, right?" Yeah, I won't come back though. Yeah, nah, and that's fair. But man, we got a lot to talk about today. Got a, a great show in line for you. And we can start here, right? NFL. Look, we got some stuff to catch up on because we missed the draft. We missed the draft. Yes, we did. We 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 haven't got to recap the draft to get our feelings on it, even though we talked off air, like offline yeah. about the draft, and you know gave our feelings. Not not our full feelings because we only talked about day one really about the draft. A little right. bit. I think day two. I think we did. I think we did too. Day two. Day two. A little bit. Um. But the the biggest news right now, I guess, coming out of the NFL is Tom Brady already has another job after he decides to leave football. For the amount of money, more than a, than what he signed contracts for his entire career. Yeah, this what ten years, three hundred seventy five million. So it's capping out at thirty seven million per year with Fox Sports. That's crazy. I guess you know Fox is in that mode where they. They're trying to find another guy, right? Well, he's going to be their lead analyst, right? right. The lead NFL analyst. They they lost they lost um, Trey Aikman, right? They lost Trey Aikman and Joe Buck. Yeah, so but they lose both of them. But does it make sense to sign Tom Brady, who's never done any type of analysis no. ever or broadcasting for thirty seven? And I get it, like the you know, what I mean, the the name is going to like people are going to tune in because it's Tom Brady. I don't even know if he's going to be that. Interesting as a like a 
as a lead analyst. I don't know. I mean, I like, think he has to. I think that they see like kind of the writing on the wall of how it's been going for other ex players, such as Tony Romo, who came out and did an outstanding job. Peyton Manning, who's also him and Eli got a, a good thing going at ESPN with their show. But you're talking about guys, in my opinion, who are like they speak kind of differently. Like it's levels to it, right? The Manning brothers kind of remind me of Tom Brady. But the difference between the Manning brothers is is a TV show. And it's breaking the game down a little bit different. Whereas Tony Romo, in my opinion, and this is not me being a Dallas fan, but Tony Romo, the sound of the voice, the tone of the voice, um, the timing of saying things is, is just next level. Yeah, no, and I agree. I think Tony Romo does an, an amazing job being an analyst. So I, I just don't understand. Maybe because of they, you know, leading up to what the playoffs, um, to the Super Bowl, they did do the little thing with um, Tom Brady. I didn't watch it. The little documentary. Um, maybe they felt then he showed those qualities to where they felt like they can get enough out of you. That just goes to show you that either Buck and Aikman was underpaid or that Fox is getting way more money now. I think Fox is desperate. That they're willing to overpay for something that they really don't under like they don't really know what the outcome is going to be but they know it's Tom Brady. Right. And people are going to tune in and be interested because it's Tom Brady. Right. But do I, I think Tom Brady has the personality for it. I just... I, I don't know because I've never heard him call a game. I don't know because the more I hear him talk now with him being with Tampa Bay, it's almost like he's never mind. I almost sounded like Shannon, uh, your boy Shannon, um, Shannon Sharp. No, nah, Shannon. I never will quote anything Shannon Sharp related. I don't like him. I'm not a fan. Your boy off of uh, Pivot. Oh, uh, Shannon Crowder. Shannon Crowder. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> like, well, some of the shit he say, man, he come off as a square. Like, <laughs> but I think that's who that's kind of, that might be who he is, though. I think that's like what, a try hard almost. Yeah, and I think that's what Tom Brady is. I think Tom Brady is a try hard. I think he's a. I think he's a, a great quarterback. But I think, like in real life, I think he's like just one of those guys. He like, kind of try hard to fit in with the crowd. Like his like his jokes is gonna be terrible. And they might be. He might tell dad jokes. Right. That, that, that's what he seemed like. He's that type of person. Yeah, no, and I think that's what, like, just... All right, so let me get your take on something. Speaking of just calling people squares, and, and Channing Crowder actually did, right? But this has been, like, the talk of the town for, I'd say, about a couple weeks. But uh, we never we, but we never talked about it. Russell Wilson. Is Russell Wilson... Is he a square? 100% he's a square. Everybody knows. Let's stop it. I'm like, asking. I'm not. You, you are a Russell Wilson fan. Yes, I'm a Russell Wilson Don't fan. Don't do this to me. Don't. I, no, but I'm, I'm asking you. Don't do this to me. Do I think? Do I think he's a corny guy? Don't. Absolutely. Okay. I think he's a corny guy, but I don't. I, I think Every, he's being himself, though. I don't. Hold on. I'm not saying he's not being himself. But just because you're being yourself doesn't mean you're a square. Yeah. No. No. It doesn't mean you're not a square. Yeah. Like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I like, get that. He. he 
I don't want to do this, but he's the epitome of it. Like when you look at when you look at guys in the NFL and you say, "Who's that guy?" Like he he's a guy that comes across that way. Yeah, like I think he's I think he's corny, but I don't think he's lame, and I think it's a difference. Uh, I, I can't say he's lame because that part of it. He, Cause you I gotta kind of know him a little bit more to, to go there. Yeah, but yeah, but this is what I'm saying. I think people kind of get the misconception. They're like, oh, he a cornball, he corny. Like, yeah, I think he he's a corny guy, but I don't think he's lame because I think he's being himself. I think anybody because I think it's people that are corny and they're trying to be something they're not, and that's lame. I don't think he's a lame. I just think he's a a corny guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he gonna do stuff. You gonna be like, oh, that kind of corny. Like. You know what I mean? Like, the, the stuff he do this year and the kids, like, oh, it's kind of cheesy, but, like, I think that's who he is, though. Like, nah, he, he, he's, a, nah. he's a, a good guy, you know what I mean? Like, a good person, just because, but he's just corny. But just because that's who he is doesn't change the fact that he's a square. Yeah, he's a, he's a, and if he's a square... Say it, say it. just say I it. I just said he was a square. I think, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. I, yeah, I think he's a corny guy. No, you keep going away from it. Is he a square? Yeah, he's a square. There we go. But I, but I I don't think he's a lame. We good. All right. I, I think he's a square. That that is what Shannon was saying though. Yeah, he's a square. Everybody know it. Why why is everybody shocked about that? I don't know. I was just asking. I I mean I you know and you know I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. Like so I mean it like does it bother me of how he is or who he is? No, absolutely not. I you know what though in this day and age like. I, I get it that, you know, guys do have their own little thing when they outside of their sport, rather. But I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't bother me what you do on your terms. Like, you are who you are, and that is what it is, but that's just how I feel. Yeah, no, and I agree. Your personal life is your personal life. I, it doesn't impact mine. So Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. I feel the same way. But going back to the draft now, we can we can kind of focus on this. How do you feel about the draft as a whole now? Now that it's over, now that we're past that part, and who do and and the, it's two part question actually. Who do you think had the best draft? The draft was the draft. I think it was it was okay. Um, there wasn't a lot of overwhelming talent. Um, I think there was a lot of talent when you talk about the um, the wide receiver core. There was a good amount of talent um, at the defensive line position. There was fairly a decent amount of talent at the O-line position. And I think that's where the buck stops, right? Like, few corners, few safeties, barely a couple running backs. In my opinion, we talked about this and not really a quarterback. Yeah, I think only one quarterback got drafted in the first round. Right. So it was like, no, not really a, a, a standout tight end as much. Um, the backers were kind of, yeah. so it was like, it was okay. It was it was just okay. Um, when you talk about draft, who had a be- the best draft? You almost had to go with, like, the Jets. Um I'm gonna just because I don't want to nail in on just one team, the Ravens. Those are the top two that I would say that stick out to me the most. 
Um, there was another team though. But yeah, go ahead. Who, who, who would you say? Well, how, how you feel about the draft? I thought the draft was decent. I think it's one of those drafts that we look back on. And I think this is probably me being more of an optimist. But I think it's just one of those drafts we look back on and like, yo, it was some fairly de- <laughs> it was some fairly decent talent during, you know what I mean, in that 2021-2022 draft class. Not saying these guys are going to be loaded with all the famers. But I think it's a lot of guys that we look back two or three years from now and say, Man, you remember that guy was drafted in the third round? Like, fourth round? That guy could have been drafted in the first. Now that we look at it. like so, And that's just how I kind of feel about the draft. But I also agree, though. I think the Jets are building something. And I think a, I think this is the year that we have. Like, they, in this early, I, I still know it's early for him. But this I think this is the year that Zach Wilson has to prove that he was worth drafting number two overall. Because, I mean, you talk about, you know what I mean, they could have took a chance on a guy like Trey Lance. They could have took a chance on a guy like Justin Fields, who both were kind of proved. Well, I guess Trey Lance was less more proven than just than, uh, Justin Fields. But, you know, a lot of people were wondering about the whole Zach Wilson thing when he was coming out. Because, you know, we went to BYU and I guess the, the competition just, it wasn't the same, right? Right. But I think that this year is going to put a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson to perform. And I say that because it's going to put a lot of pressure also on the head coach and Robert Slay, who back is kind of getting against the wall. It's going to be, what, his third season as the Jets head coach. And, you know, already being a minority head coach, the leash is a little bit shorter. So I think he has to perform this year, turn things around with the Jets, and they have to eclipse at least five to like six wins. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, so like, you you said the Jets was. Yeah. Was there another team that, that you thought that was, like, competing with the Jets? Uh, When I look at the draft, I think that it's a couple guys or a couple teams who got some good players later on in the draft. Uh, the Bengals, for one, is a team that I'm like, yo, even though I, I was surprised at the first-round pick, though. They drafted a safety in the first round, which leads me to believe that either Von Bell or Jesse Bates might not be here after this year. Both of their contracts are up after this year. Jesse Bates will be the guy. Jesse Bates, you think, will be the odd man out? 100%. You have veteran leadership in Von Bell. You don't want to lose that. Like, you talk about what Von Bell has done to that team, not just to the defense, but to that team. He brings that pedigree that they've been looking for to change the culture. And I think he he was he was a big pivotal piece to changing that culture and to getting them to believing that they can go to the Super Bowl last year and try to um to accomplish the, the ultimate goal. And they were almost there. Yeah, no, and I won't disagree with you about what he brings, but I, as far as a talent standpoint, I think Jesse Bates is the better talent yeah, for, but, for what he does, even though they play different positions. Let, let, let's pause this for a second and remember, you have um, Jamar Chase contract is coming up. You got Joe, Joe Burrow's contract is coming up. You you got um, you're gonna have to probably give um, Higgins a contract. Yeah, I was going to say, Higgins' contract is going to come up before... Uh, but, but those are three heavy hitters. And then you turn around, and now you're talking about we're almost to the point again where um, they're, they're going to have to start loading again on the line. Giving the line more money, right? 
because they got some. They got a couple young guys there here and there. The defense, they got to figure out what they're gonna do. Spending money. Yeah, but I think then at the running back position, they're at the same point where they're gonna have to spend some more money soon. Yeah, when Joe Mixon. So it's it's like you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're overpaying a safety. There's a reason why they franchise tagged him. Trust me. Yeah. He he was not the Jesse Bates that they thought he was in a regular season. Which is true because he did have a great regular season. He did have a good run in the postseason. Correct. He did. Correct. But basically, like if you're looking at this year versus last year, he definitely had a better season last year. But one can also argue that he had a better postseason because the defensive line he played even better in the postseason. Yes, they did. Yeah, no, and that's 100% true. And the linebackers, for that matter. But, yeah, so them drafting Daxton Hill with the 31st pick, I thought that was a – I was kind of iffy on that pick. Um, but I think overall they did a, a very good job drafting. I think uh, the second day was actually better, way better than the first day for them. Um, but, yeah, now if I'm going down the list and looking at every, like, every team and just off my remembrance, um, I was kind of – Puzzled, like obviously Philadelphia, I think had a great draft. Getting the Kobe Dean in the third round, and this is not me being biased, but to get Jordan Davis, who was the top defensive lineman coming into the draft, right? Well, defensive tackle, he was top defensive tackle. He was a top five defensive lineman, but to drafting in the first round, and then you turn around and you get AJ Brown with a deal that you made with the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, they had to pay him a lot of money. You know, what I mean, they paid the hundred million dollar contract, so. But I, I think all those are building blocks because they're trying to find out early on if Jalen Hurts is the man. And I think that's smart because now you can say, hey, if he's not the guy that we need him to be to lead this team to a Super Bowl, then you know what we do? We look in the next year's free agency. We look, we look in the next year's draft class. And, and I'm like the outsider when it comes to this. But it, it may be I'm wrong. Smack me on my hand, talk shit to me next year. I am not under the belief that AJ Brown is worth a hundred million dollars. That that and, and this is no knock to the Philadelphia Eagles. Like just because I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm not saying that because of that. I just don't see it now. Is it part of the reason why I didn't get to see it? Is because he played with Ryan Tannehill, probably. Is it because of the offense that he was in? Probably. I'll tell you this, though. He got Ryan Tannehill $100 million. No. Yes. Derrick Henry got him $100 million. A combination of both. I'll tell you. I, I'm telling you that in, right in now. Order, in, in order for them to win ball games, they had to run the ball effectively. Yeah, but at the same Ryan Tannehill, hold on. Ryan Tannehill got the $100 million because he won ball games. Yeah, no, and there's no doubt about that. And he won ball games because of the two guys you just mentioned more than anything. Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown has had a 1,000 yards receiving every year since he's been in the league. And caught over 85 passes every year since he's been in the league. Like, if we're being real, like, who else did they have? Let's be honest. Who else did they have out there? They didn't. Nobody. Somebody had to go out there. And make Ryan Tannehill look as good as he was. And it was Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. So, yeah. Shit. 
I'll take Jalen Hurts over Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And, you know, and one thing that I did here, uh, let's talk about it. Shannon Sharp said that he's not he's he's not a believer of the Eagles because he said Jalen Hurts is not a good thrower of the football. Well, hell, with A.J. Brown, how great does he have to be, right? Ryan Tannehill, you can't sit up here and convince me that Ryan Tannehill is fucking Peyton Manning because he's not. I don't think he's terrible, but he's not an immaculate quarterback. He's still got a hundred million dollars, Danny. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so when people try to criticize Jalen Hurts and his throwing talent, throwing abilities, I'm like, yo, this this is the same quarterback who had uh, he was a Heisman finalist coming out of college, and he did more passing than he did running in college in his final year at uh, Oklahoma. He goes to the Eagles. He ran last year. As much as he did, because he had to, he had no other choice. They didn't have a lot of receivers that could get, that could get separation. Now they have AJ Brown. He might not have to get a lot of separation. He's a big body, big frame wide receiver. You can kind of just throw the ball up to him. So, but outside of that, um, I think everybody else just kind of had a so-so draft. I will say this though: the Detroit Lions. I think I think they might be on the cusp of doing something, and I want that for Dan Campbell. I want that so bad for them. I want to see Dan Campbell and these Detroit Lions in the playoffs, like in the next two years. It can happen. You add a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. Not only that, but you go and you go. You get Jamison Williams from Alabama, who was a lot of people believe to be the best wide receiver in this draft class. But you know, I, I think that you know, look, looking through it, I, I, it's some teams. I'm like, they could have had a better draft. Like the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons, the first two picks, or yeah, like the first two or three picks, Drake London with the number eight overall pick. I thought it was stupid. Yeah, like we we talked about that. He's the same person as Cal Pitts. Like, go get Garrett Wilson. Go get Chris Olave or Chris Olave. Like, and then they draft. I don't have an issue with Desmond Ritter, but. I mean, is, is he going to beat out Marcus Mariota for the starting job? I mean, he could. Maybe. But is he? Is it a, is it a, is it a vast upgrade? Yeah, I mean, that's it. But he could, I mean, they could have got another rookie on the... They had the opportunity to draft Malik Willis, and that's all I'm saying. Or Malik Willis, that's all I'm saying. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll kind of see how it turns out for him. I like Desmond Ritter. Don't know how he'll be as a, a pro-level quarterback. I'm not... Saying that he won't be, uh, you know, a good pro, but I think Malik Willis, it'll take less time to get there. And, you know, NFL stands for not for long. You kind of got to show, you kind of got to show us before you don't, right? Yeah. So that's, so you said the Eagles. You talked about your boys. Was there any surprises to you in this draft? Um, I would say like the Aiden Hutchinson going to like I was shocked. I didn't think he would happen, but he did. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguar was smart enough to get Trayvon Walker, which I think he was really, really good. Um, I thought Jermaine Johnson was a top five pick. I thought he was the best defensive end in this draft, in my opinion. He was the he was the right he was the most NFL ready guy. He played with his hands. He he, he was able to get to the quarterback. 
He was a sack fumble guy. Like, that is the most NFL-ready person that I felt that was there. And he dropped. And he dropped to, like, 26. So that was one of the things that I was really, really shocked about. Um, And I guess just to kind of go through with kind of what my boys was like, we we, should have took him. We took Tyler, Tyler Smith at 24, a kid who's plays tackle. I think they may move him to guard. Penalty guy, continue to get penalties. Like, it, it was just one of those things where I was like, what the hell are we doing? Well, the Dallas Cowboys have been in the top five in penalties the past few years. Right. So it was like, aren't you trying to break that? Not bring somebody in who's accustomed to doing that. Uh, he, he fits the system. <laughs> so I, I was really pissed with that because it was like, take Jermaine Johnson, come back and get another tackle later, you'd be good. And it's funny because Tyler Lindenbaum went right after him to Baltimore. Right. Who was the number one rated center. I don't, and I, can play guard. Yeah, and that's what I thought. I thought... They did not want to use. They wanted somebody who was a guard tackle combo, more than a center a center guard combo. I think they're fine at center, so they didn't want to deal with that. I think they're really trying to get somebody who's going to replace Tyron Smith. Okay, so they're going to replace Tyron Smith eventually with Tyler Smith. Right. Okay, that makes sense. That that does make sense. So I think that's why they wanted tackle over you know center guard combo. Um, but yeah, man, I, like that—that that was like the shocker of it, if you will. Um, it was good to see uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and James Williams go back to back to back. Um, a lot of people won't say that you know that's Ohio State. All three are Ohio State product, but they are. Um, I think once you've been in the program as long as he—he was—he was in the Ohio State program for a while. Uh, did he do as what he did at Alabama at Ohio State? No. But obviously we see that right now Alabama can't recruit fucking wide receivers, it appears. Um, they got to go get guys from transfers. They, they're in trouble potentially again from trying to get a, a kid um, through the portal. Um, and maybe in trouble with um, Addison, Jordan Addison, eventually as well. Because there's talks that he's throwing with Bryce Young already. So, um, not to jump the gun on that, but, yeah, man, um, was there anything you were shocked about? Uh, just a few things I was shocked about. Uh, the first one being that Kyle Hamilton fell as far as he did. Yeah, that was... That, that was he fell all the way to 14. Baltimore, obviously, being as smart as they are and drafting as well as they do, they jumped on it and they got Kyle Hamilton, who was... Seen as being a top five player in this draft and the best overall DB. Right. Number two, Derek Stingley Jr. going to the Texans. I'm not mad that they went safe because they need a lot, right, down in Houston. But, the, I mean, the, the South Gardner pick, like, that would have made more sense to me. Derek Stingley is coming off of a season-ending injury, and you don't know if he'll be ready back. Well, I mean, they said he'll be ready because he did participate in this pro day. But I'm just trying to see exactly how he comes, or how he performs coming off of this injury. And I think the biggest surprise to me, the Green Bay Packers. 
I was not wild at their draft at all. No, I wasn't either. Like, I mean, you get I, the first two picks in the first round, you use them on defensive players. I mean, I get it because you want to shore up your defense. But you just lost your best offensive weapon for Aaron Rodgers. And you draft two defensive players in the first round. A defensive lineman and a linebacker. I, I think, in my opinion, I think they thought that those guys was going to still be there, and they weren't. Yeah, but you know what? You got two first-round picks, right? <coughs> you got two first-round picks. You can package those and trade up. Yeah. You, you saw it a lot in this draft. A lot of teams were willing to trade back. Because yeah. your biggest need was a playmaking wide receiver. Yeah, you drafted a wide receiver later on day two. I think they got one in the second round. But you had the opportunity right there. And let's see. The next wide receiver taken after that, after they had their draft, was Wendell Robinson, who was the the kid out of Kentucky, who a lot of people compared to Kadarius Toney, which the Giants drafted him. And, I mean, you're trying to get rid. But John Mechie was still on the board. Still on the board. Who I thought was one of the most underrated wide receivers in the draft. Absolutely. And I agree with you. I agree with you with a thousand percent on that. Because I think he has a, a lot of twitch similar to Jerry Judy and Julio Jones. Kind of got that same twitch and the same route running ability. Yep. You know, only issue was he's coming off of an injury as well. So, I don't know, man. I, I would say, that, though, that's probably my biggest surprise. Oh, and also the fact that David Ajobo ended up falling to the second round. To who? The Baltimore Ravens. I told you, Baltimore had a... Baltimore, they filled, filled a lot of needs in this draft. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? I almost feel like they're set for like the next three years. Because, I mean, even if they you consider them, if they lose some pieces, they got guys that can come in and just fill those holes. Now, obviously, everybody knows they traded Hollywood Brown to um, the Arizona Cardinals, so they no longer have him. Um, I, I, I don't think that's an issue for them, though. I think um, it was about time. Um, I think his expectations was he wanted to be in a better offense, but, hell, at the same time, he needed to catch the damn ball as well. But they got, in my opinion, Arizona just came up because that's an upgrade. From, and this is just my opinion, but that's an upgrade from Christian Kirk. It is, but now you don't have, and jumping the gun a little bit more, but now you don't have DeAndre Hopkins for the year because he's, or. Well, for six Six weeks. Six weeks. Because he's out, because he got uh, caught tested with PEDs. Which, how do you feel about that? Because we haven't got to talk. Because we can, I mean, obviously, like the draft, you know what I mean? <coughs> It was what it was, but I mean, I really don't have any more thoughts on it because I, you know, I think that every everything that we kind of talked about is everything that we needed to address. Yeah, I know, I'm good. I felt, I feel like he, he might have didn't know that he was taking it, but then some of me, it just, that he didn't know. Um, but, you know, he contested it at first. And then backed out of it after, you know, he probably was aware of something that he was given that may have been, may have been, had some type of PDs. No, and see, and, and that's my thing, right? Because, and I think that's where it's kind of boggling for me. Because it's one of those things where it's, I, when I found, when I heard about it, 
I'm like, oh man, I don't want to believe this. Like it's DeAndre Hopkins. Like the dude is a stud. He's been balling since since Clemson. But you have to also realize too, he dealt with a lot of nagging injuries last year. He did. Yeah, he did. He did deal with a lot of nagging injuries. <coughs> and for me, it's just I don't think it's one of those things that you you would want to believe. You know what I mean? But then, so when he came out and he contested and said, hey. You know, I would never put anything like that in my body knowingly. And, you know, that's that's not something that I'm into. And, you know, I train hard and I do everything the right way. And I'm like, okay, yeah, tell him, DeAndre, like, you're going to fight the NFL. You're going to fight this. You ain't going to be suspended for six weeks. Literally, like a couple of hours later, I get on Twitter and I'm like, and I see that DeAndre Hopkins has uh, kind of backed out on his uh, his foul against the NFL. Or what? What does it call a bereavement? He, he, it was um. It was, I think it was like not a bereavement. Um, it's like a, they could he could test against. Yeah, he like was like a, a motion to kind of. Yeah, and he, and then he backed out on it. So then I'm like, okay, so he's just gonna take the suspension. Like that's just one of the things. It's like you 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 feel like you got caught. You know what I mean? So, do you really want to fight it? Because if more evidence comes out and they prove, oh, this is what happened, then you just kind of look worse. You know what I mean? But, but in my opinion, I still think it just looks kind of bad. Oh, like, so, do you feel like this will tarnish the reputation or the career of DeAndre Hopkins? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, you still got to be able to catch the ball. Yeah, but I mean, when you look yeah. back, when you DeAndre look- Hopkins catches the ball at a high clip. Yeah, right. he, he does. That 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 has nothing to do with PDs. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But at the same time, we look back on the careers like Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, Chris Carter. Like these guys aren't like, oh, he was using performance enhancing drugs. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I mean by that. Like, do you think we can put him up in that upper echelon class with those guys who throughout their career, like, hey, these guys had insane numbers. Never tested positive for PEDs. Yeah, I still say you put him up there. The work is there. Like, you still got to be able to catch the ball. Like, Yeah, but when you're using performance-enhancing drugs, right, it kind of gives you an advantage over the opposition. Yeah, but there's no... Nah, I, I don't think it, it changes it for me. Okay. I think it'll be different for everybody. I mean, I think some guys will kind of give him the, you know, kind of the side eye, like, uh, using PEDs. But I think it was just, I think it, it may have been a substance, maybe not steroids or, you know what I mean, anything like that. But it could have been a supplement or something that was in, like, a drink or something he was, you know, yeah, taking during recovery. Um, and it was something that he wasn't fully aware of. Aware of it being illegal against the NFL's policy. Yep, that's what I, I think it was. But um, other than that, though, man, um, NFL, who do you think out of this draft class will have the biggest impact on their team, like, right away? Um, the biggest impact? Yeah, year one. Who do you think will – so, I'm uh, t- like, top three guys that will probably be mentioned for rookie of the year. Um – Got me there. Um, you go and I'll follow up. All right. Well, if, if I'm going number one, I got to go with Chris Olave, right? I think you talk about a guy who's in probably a perfect system for him. 
Man, you got Alvin Kamara down there already. Jamison, oh, uh, <laughs> Jameis Winston is coming off a uh, <coughs> is coming off a ACL injury. You know what I mean? So he'll be back, ready to throw. And I actually think that when we look into next year, like most or the comeback player of the year, a lot of people will be talking about Jameis Winston. And not to mention Michael Thomas is going to be coming back next year for the New Orleans Saints, who was their number one wide receiver, who we haven't seen in two years right. So I think the addition of him, Chris Olave will be seeing a lot of single coverage. And in that division, there's only one team that I'm worried about, and that's Tampa Bay. Outside of that, I think they are, they'll be better than Carolina. They'll be better than Atlanta. I'm taking Chris Olave at one. Number two. Talk about big impacts already. And this guy named Brees Hall, right? Gary Wilson, you know, was the first round pick for, he was the the number, I guess the first pick for the Jets. And, you know, he's a, a, look, don't get me wrong. He's a stud of a wide receiver. But Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State, is going to get a lot of touches next year. And I think, you know, they'll be doing that to show up, uh, to open up the pass game. They'll run a very similar style offense Again, to the San Francisco 49ers. <coughs> so, you'll see a lot of play action. You'll see a lot of running the ball. And then you'll see a lot of play action. And then you also see a lot of screen passes out of the backfield. So, look for Brees Hall to come out and perform and have a phenomenal or get a great impact on that team. And the third guy, man, this is tough. Because I'm looking through and you go through the draft and you say, man... It's, it's, it's some gems in this draft. You talk about third, fourth round guys, and this one third guy, uh, one third round guy in particular that I'm really looking at. And well, it was actually two, but it's a guy named Maje Sanders, right, out of the University of Cincinnati. When I tell you about crazy impact, I know they lost Chandler Jones, right? No need to worry. Maje Sanders got drafted in the third round. He was first round talent. And I'm, I promise you this. You will hear that name a lot next year. My Jay Sanders is going to be disrupting the quarterbacks. He's able to even drop back and cover in the first five yards. He's a linebacker slash defensive end, right? Which is in that 3-4 defense that they have down in Arizona. He'll fit in perfectly. And I think that's a guy who, looking back, a lot of people will be like, man, three years from now, he'll probably be a two-time Pro Bowler. So I'm telling you that right now, my Jay Sanders is a guy who could who will be up there when you talk about potential rookie of the year next year. Okay. And I because I was I could have said Nakobe Dean, but that would have been like a homer pick. You know what I mean? Obviously, I still think it's a hell of a pick for the Eagles to get it. You know what I mean? The number one rated linebacker in the third round. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go with one. Will be Chris Olave. Um, Chris Olave, I think, is going to be like you said, single coverage. He's going to have the opportunity that he needs to um, potentially be a thousand yard wide receiver this year coming up. So I think that'll be huge for him. Two, I'm going to say somebody you you probably wouldn't believe, but I'm going to say Kenny Pickett. I think that job is for him to win. I think he can potentially. They, Pittsburgh has. He's a he's a kid that's been in Pittsburgh for three to four years. In their home turf, I think they know who they're getting. 
and all they need is somebody to deliver the football to their skilled guys and be successful, uh, manage the game a little bit, um, and then be able to, you know, make make the right plays. And I think Kenny Pickett can be that guy. Um, not saying he's a high level, you know, talent talented guy, but I think he can be enough for what they need out of Kenny Pickett. Um, and I'm gonna say, um, Claire Elam, corner out of Florida. Um, I think he was one of the best defensive backs in the, in the, in his draft, um, and I think he went to one of the best teams in the NFL, um, in the Buffalo Bills, and I think he's gonna be a stud corner for them. Um, I think he's gonna be able to come in right away and be able to make an impact on the defense. Um, that team, you know, they got into a shootout with Kansas City um, in the playoffs. And, you know, that that is the ultimate goal for them to do is to make sure they get back to the playoffs and make sure that that doesn't happen again against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think they got a guy in that at that position that's going to be able to help them there. So who's one team next year that you'll be looking out for who did, let's say, that they didn't have – a postseason appearance this year, but next year, like, man, they could probably make a run, similar to how the Cincinnati Bengals were this season. I mean, obviously, the number one team that comes to my mind automatically is Baltimore Ravens. Um, you talk about a team who's had 20-plus injuries um, last year um, and who's probably arguably had one of the best off-seasons in, in football. Um, I think they're they're ultimately, like, the one team right away that says, hey, they be watch out for them. Um, they almost made the playoffs with, with without those guys. So now getting those guys, I think they'll be in better shape. Now you have Lamar Jackson a year um, going another year with his new receiver core, the young guys that you know coming off of injuries and things like that, running backs. I think they're gonna be they're gonna be fine. Yeah. Now for me, I would say I'll be looking out for the Indianapolis Colts, and obviously, like you know what I mean, they got the best running back in the NFL. You know what I mean? Outside of Derrick Henry, you know. But even outside of that, though, I think what they did this offseason so far, shoring up that defense and signing the best free agent cornerback, you know what I mean? And you already had a top 10 defense. So when I look at uh, when I look at them, I'm like, man, that's a team that really just hit a home run. And on top of that, they also got uh, Yannick, uh, yeah, Yannick uh, Ngagwe. Yeah. So, but, um, man, NFL is definitely going to be fun. Interested, uh, ready for it to come back. But now we got to talk some, some NBA, man. You you are in the, you're, you're doing fantasy this year, right? I'm doing fantasy this year. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing fantasy football this year. All right. You're, you're in. Yeah, I'm in. Log me in. Locked in. Yeah, log me in. It's, 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 it's being recorded now. Yeah, because at first remember when I told you, but you were like, uh, I got to see if I got a spot. So, But no, nah, if, you, if you got a spot for me, yeah, I'm in. I got a spot, my guy. I got you. Okay. Yeah, no, it's cool. I'm in. But um, we got to talk some NBA now. NBA playoffs is here. And obviously, you know what I mean, going into you know I mean? some very, very, very notable games. Um, one being for the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics series. They're tied right now 2-2. Two two. Yeah, that's 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 a crazy series. Who did like so who do you 
who do you like in this series? I mean, obviously, it's tied right now. So, I mean, no team has the advantage, right? It's just, just kind of like a, it's a stalemate right now. So, who do you like to come out of this series? I, before last game, if you asked me, it would have been the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, um, I think the momentum is swinging back over to the Boston Celtics. No Chris Middleton is starting to come into play where they kind of need him. Um, they, they, they. I think this is going in the favor of the the, the Boston Celtics, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. Um, and if they had Chris Middleton, I'm, I'm definitely taking Milwaukee. Right. But it, I won't, I won't lie, man. I, I feel like every game I'm becoming a bigger fan of this guy named Jason Tatum. Don't, don't, hey. And you know how I felt going. I'm a huge Jalen Brown fan. Like I, I going into the season, what did I say? I'm like, man, if they like they got to do something with Jalen Brown, I don't know if they'll be able to coexist. But they, I mean, they're finding a way, and I think Jason Tatum is making it so much easier for Jalen Brown to even, you know, what I mean, be successful because I mean, Jason Tatum is willing to do everything. You know what I mean? You have to admire and value guys like that on the team, especially when it's a guy that's a superstar. That's willing to take that on. You know what I mean? And kind of even be like, hey, you know what? You got to go out and have a 30-point game. You know what I mean? Versus, nah, just give me the ball. So, I don't know, man. Like, if, if you had to ask me, I think Boston kind of has everything right now, man. I mean, you got a, a fearless point guard and Marcus Smart going to come out. Who's actually been playing better on the offensive end this towards the last couple games in this series. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, every night he's going to come out and play defense on you. Obviously, you just won defensive player of the year. Robert Williams is back, which is huge for them because now you can switch off on uh, T- or on uh, Giannis on, for defense. You don't just have to have Jason Tatum on him. And Al Horford just dropped 30. We're talking about Al Horford. It was funny. I was, I was watching it. Uh, I think I was scrolling on Bleacher Report. And they quoted a post from his wife where she said, like, I guess, like, he made a face. And she was watching it and posting it. Like, I see this face. And when I see that face, I know he about to go off. Yeah. And did you see So did you see the press conference? Right? No, no, when they no, asked no. him about it, about him dropping the 30, he said that the reason that he kind of, well, really brought that out of him and how he ended up dropping 30, he said Giannis has, like, did something to him or said something to him and he was like I didn't like it so that he was like I just told him like it's on like and you can go back and you can see the play Giannis like dunked the ball and looked at like kind of looked at him and you know what I mean and then you see literally you seem like mouth of words like uh and Al Horford just shook his head like made like a little weird face it's like it's on so that's how we got that's how I got to 30 so he just needed somebody to come in and, and light the match. I, I like it. Yeah, no, bro. I love when guys are competitive like that. Me too. But other series going on right now in the Eastern Conference. You got Philadelphia 76ers. And you got the Miami Heat. Miami up right now 3-2 to two on the series. Uh, they got Joel Embiid back in Philadelphia. But it just wasn't enough in Game Five. Miami ended up, uh, you know, taking that one. No, no sweat down in Miami. Do you think Philadelphia has enough to come back and force the Game Seven, or do you think it's over after Game Six? I think it's over, man. B looked tired. 
Like he looked like some something was wrong with him last night. I mean, I know he got hit in the head, kind of hurt. Um, so he's probably trying to play through that. But he just looked like something was different with him, and I, I definitely think that you know Miami is smelling blood. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And not only that, man, but James Harden has to be consistent. I know it's been the talk over the past you know few weeks of. Is James Harden done? But let me ask you a question. Is James Harden worth a max contract? Because he can opt out after this uh after this year and possibly get a super and get a, a max deal, or he can opt in and just play out his last year of the contract with the uh Philadelphia seventy sixers. I think he's gonna opt out probably. Um to potentially try to get the max. But there's an opportunity for him probably to leave. Um, don't he? He's been in places where he hasn't really been able to find his way and become home. And I think if Philly's not home for him, he's gonna want to find a place that is home because he's gonna be up on the last tar- t- tail end of his deal, his career. Yeah, which I, I mean, which which he is, I mean, and that's the thing though, because if he opts out and he doesn't get this max contract that he's hoping for, or could potentially be hoping for, then he, I mean, you talk about a guy who there's no telling what he's going to get if he opts out. He may not even get that same amount of money, right? That's for sure. And he may not even go to a team that's as good as the Philadelphia 76ers are constructed right now. I'll say this. This has nothing to do with Harden for the most part, but I bet the Philadelphia 76ers are wishing they was able to keep Jimmy Butler. That's fair. And that's fair because Jimmy, Jimmy's jimmy been balling this series. And I think he, I got to think it's a personal shot at Philly. Like, yeah, remember, you know what I mean, how y'all acted when I was here. You know what I mean? Y'all ain't think I was worth that, but now I'm showing y'all. You know, and the and the one thing, the one night I can get a Jimmy, he's been to a finals. The 76ers have not. That's correct. But let's go over to the Western Conference now. Got the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. Golden State right now, they are up on the series, yeah. three to two. That ain't no ain't no way to. We ain't got to dress this up. Yeah, you no. Know, John Moran, John Moran is is officially been ruled out for the remainder of the playoffs. Due to a, a bone bruise in his knee. Golden State. Yeah, with or without John Morant, I think that it was a wrap. I do think, <laughs> I, I think John Morant actually, I think he's capable of playing. I think this is one of those things where they're like, you know what? Let's not even risk anything. We're just going to sit you. you yeah. wait, wait till next year. Yep, for sure. What, but what is this series? Because to me, this series shows two things. Golden State is back to championship form. And two... The Memphis Grizzlies need another. They need another star player. Like, don't get me wrong. Desmond Bain is a really good player, not a star. Dylan Brooks, pretty good player, not a star. John Moran is gonna need somebody else because I think that's just kind of where we are. That let's be real. Like, that's just kind of where we are in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta have at least two guys. Yeah. Like bona fide guys. Like. Desmond Brain, like, oh, he can come out and get you 20, 25 on some nights, on a, on his good nights. But I need a guy who's going to come out and get me, like, that 20, 25 consistently opposite John Moran. Facts. Facts. 
Yeah, I think they're a superstar away. They need another guy. Um, they may try to package a guy up or something. Um, but it's also about keeping John Moran happy. Like, they got to do whatever is best um, to keep him happy as well. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, one thing, one person that I think of when I'm saying, like, and I don't even know if he's a star, but I think he could help immensely in that um in that fr- uh, front court for the Memphis Grizzlies. But a guy like John Collins, right? I think he's being underutilized with the Atlanta Hawks. You send him down to, uh, you send him, well, I guess send him up to Memphis. That would be a great addition there. Yeah. And I think it would help uh, a guy like John Morant and yeah. that team, you know, in the postseason. Yeah, I agree. Solid pick. And. Obviously, we can wrap it up with the final season or our final series uh, in the playoffs, which would be the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. Now, right now, Phoenix is up three to two. So, how do you feel about that series? And do you think that they they can go to Game Seven? Do you think Luca has enough to force it? Yeah, I think Luca does. Um... The the Suns are playing very very inconsistent. So they're you know Chris Paul had a couple good games, but he's playing really inconsistent. Um, the supporting cast, Mal Bridges, those guys are playing really inconsistent as well. I'll tell you what, and we talked about this before. The one bright spot out of this team has been um, that. They're able to get production out of their bigs. DeAndre Ayton is playing really, really good. And when DeAndre Ayton goes on the bench, they sub in um, JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. And JaVale McGee is able to um, pick up where he left off and, and play at a level probably sometimes higher than DeAndre Ayton at times. And I think that's the only thing that's been helping them go um, is they've been getting solid, solid play out of their bigs at the center position. Um, but the the rest of the guys, the role guys, are just – they're not playing really, really well. Yeah, no, and, and I, I will agree with you. Uh, but I will – and let me just uh, retract on something. Earlier I said that the Grizzlies series was 3-2. It's 3-1 Golden State, which I, I think it's over. Yeah. But – That's the night, right? Yeah. But – Back to this Sun series. The one thing, the biggest takeaway for me is is everything that I said about Devin Booker in the playoffs. It's all coming true. I said this is going this is going to be his breakout year in the postseason. Like he's going to transform into a superstar. And I think that we're seeing it. You know what I mean? Obviously, he he dealt with a little injury earlier on. Came back earlier than expected. A lot of people were kind of iffy on it, but the guy's just a baller, right? You dropped 28 the last game. Game before that, they lost, but he dropped 35. Chris Paul hasn't been the score that they need him to be, but I think that that's a credit to how great defensively Dallas is playing. But Devin Booker is going out there, and he's getting every shot that he needs, and he almost, him in that front court, like you said, almost kind of have to carry and propel the team right now. Shout out to Jason Kidd, man. He's doing a hell of a job. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that 100%. And it's crazy because he could have been a Lakers head coach. But, you know, we won't talk about that. But, no, I agree with you. I think that – and I think they're a piece away, man. Like, 
Dallas, I think Dallas is a piece away too. Like Jalen Brunson is about to get paid this offseason to also. Like he's been playing lights out in this uh postseason. Yeah. How do you feel about Tim Hardaway Jr.? Because that was supposed to be the guy, <laughs> right? But I mean he's not playing right now. Um do you think that that's a guy that maybe they look to move this offseason? Yeah, for sure. They they got enough role guys where I think that they can move move him now. Because I mean they got they got when you got Spencer Dinwiddie Already on that second unit. Yep. I mean, I liked him Hardaway, but I mean, hell, it's like they could essentially keep Jalen Brunson, move Tim Hardaway, and maybe pay Brunson less money than what they owe Tim Hardaway. Yeah, for sure. And I like, you know, I'm a Tim Hardaway guy, but when you talk about like a basketball move, that would just be smarter. And when you talk about Tim Hardaway, you could probably send him somewhere like uh, I don't know. I don't know where I, where you would send him right now, but maybe it seemed like the Brooklyn Nets. You know what I mean? He would be a reserve guy, come off the bench, give them a spark, give them some depth scoring that they need. Yeah, for sure. Could be. But, yeah, man. Uh, so, right now, out of these series, who do you like going to the uh, going to the finals? Um, I'm sticking with, sticking with Milwaukee and... Golden State. Yeah, I think I'm a. I might have to change my my pick on this one, man. But I might have to go Milwaukee too. You know what I mean? As much as I like what Boston's been doing, do I think? Because I do think this goes seven games. Do I think that they have enough to knock Giannis off? Nah, not necessarily. Like you know what I mean? At the end of the day, Giannis is still Giannis. Like, don't get me wrong. If Jason Tatum were able to pull this off, do you know how immaculate that would be for a postseason run? You talk about a. A guy who swept a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and then come out and you beat the you know what I mean last year's well not last but the uh, the, the, the the defending uh, champions, and not only that but a guy who people are considering the greatest player in the NBA right now, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, like I don't think we we would ever have seen something like that, you know what I mean especially from a guy who's only twenty four years old so. I, but I, I do think I do think Milwaukee will edge it out, and I'm gonna take them. And it's gonna be a repeat in the finals from this year and last year. I'm taking the Phoenix Suns. I don't think Golden State has enough. They don't. They, I don't think Golden State has enough for Phoenix. And Phoenix on both ends of the ball, I, I, I believe, are gonna outperform Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. Devin Booker, man, I'm telling you, write it down, put it on print. Devin Booker is about to explode and become a super. He's gonna become a. a I'm not gonna. I think he's already a, a superstar, but I think it'll be a consensus that he's a superstar after this playoff run. But uh, without further ado, man, I think this has been a great podcast. It has, man. But before we go, I got one one thing to touch on while we're still talking NBA. But Jokic, right? Jokic has been named MVP at the NBA once again. This is back to back years. Obviously, he, you know, what I mean, he did just do something that no other player has done in the NBA history. Um, he's uh, what he eclipsed what three thousand points, two thousand rebounds, and a thousand assists. In the season, do you think that he was deserving of the NBA MVP this year? No. So let's let's talk about it because I don't feel that way either, and I think that Jokic is a great player. 
If he could have got it, Devin Booker could have got it. Giannis could have got it. You got to look, and and I get the Giannis thing. I get the Devin Booker thing, but I think this year was clear-cut Joel Embiid. You're talking about a guy who not only carried his team to a top two seed or a top three seed in the East, but he did this amid them trading. Because he had to deal with the whole Ben Simmons thing all season. Midway through the season, you trade Ben Simmons and you add James Harden in. So now you kind of got to figure the James Harden thing out. And not to mention that, but you're talking about the, a big man who led the league in scoring. The first center since Shaquille O'Neal to lead the league in scoring. And, and he averaged over 12 rebounds a game. So... I'm trying to figure this out. Like, this is the most dominant performance we've seen from a big man in 20 years. 20 years. And you give the MVP to Jokic because he, he did that and he took his team to the playoffs with a 60. Look, man, I don't know what Joe LMB did to to the, the voters on this MVP thing, but I'm not in agreement with it at all. And I, I think that Joe LMB was robbed. And he deserved MVP. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. So, I don't know, man. But This reminds me of when um, Kobe was robbed for MVP. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I said the same thing on Twitter. Oh, you did? I yeah, I said, said the same thing on Twitter. It reminds me 100%. It's the, the biggest robbery of an MVP since when they gave it to Steve Nash over Kobe Bryant. Facts. But oh, and, and this is this is a crazy thing, right? People were saying that oh, the Nuggets wouldn't be in a play; they'd be in a lottery without uh, without Jokic. Where would Philly be without Embiid? Right. Tobias Harris not taking them to the playoffs. And I like Tobias Harris; he's a a good player, but he's he's not that impactful. Where he's taking like, hey, I'm gonna lead you out to a top three seed in the East. No, you're not. Facts. Like, it's, it's, look, it's just, it's simple math to me. You know what I mean? Two plus two is always going to equal four. And you give the, you give the, the best player on the, like, who's the most important player to their team? Right? Who's the most important player? Like, they hear the Kobe, Kobe averaged 35 points a game. And he had, who was his, who was his point guard that year? Was it Smush Parker? Smush Parker. Smush Parker was his point guard that year. I'm sorry, but like like sometimes writing is on the wall. You know what I mean? But that that's that's my that's my ten cents on it. Uh but I want to thank everybody for listening to the Tunnel Vision Podcast. Uh definitely make sure you check us out on Instagram, on t- Twitter, at tunnel underscore viz underscore pod. It's been episode 80. Thank you for listening. I'm Mario DeRamus. I'm Eric Walker. Until next time, we out of here. Peace.